Welcome to the High Performer Blueprint Podcast, where busy professionals learn the habits to become a high performer and live the healthy lifestyle they dream about. I'm your host, Leak Bola. Let's go. Today, we are joined by Di Manuel, author, coach, entrepreneur. Di, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Lee. How about you, my man? I am doing well. Can't complain. It is off to a great start of the year. Definitely glad to have you on today. Impressed with your work, and I know our audience is going to benefit from what we're going to discuss here today. But please introduce yourself to our audience. Oh, well, first of all, uh, thanks, Lee. I, I always appreciate these wonderful opportunities to connect with well, just like-minded people, but also like-minded audiences. And I uh, just want to say thank you for the opportunity. And, uh, you, you know, whenever I'm asked that question, you know, hey, sort of give yourself a little intro. I'm like, hmm, how do I unpack 46 years, right? And, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to be right to the point, uh, the, the titles that mean the most to me is uh, I am a father of two beautiful teenage girls. And uh, I've also been dating my wife for 23 years. Everything else I do just for fun. And uh, <laughs> so if you, you think about what I do is I, I love business, but I love business that supports change in people's lives, both personally and professionally. So think about me as uh, someone that helps make change a little bit less stressful and intimidating and uh, a lot more fun. I like the fun part. I think that's always uh, something that's welcoming, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and uh, I like, as you stated, it should be a passion and doing these different things. So I know, of course, Dave, in your uh, time, you, like you said, you've been doing you know various things within business, uh, speaking, author as within your books and these different things that you have. So I know you try to, of course, like you said, make an impact within people mm-hmm. And I know, of course, crossing through these different paths of, um, especially like with me, where, you know, you're working with business professionals, it's sometimes, you know, they don't understand how the importance of health, they can really improve the other areas that they want to have happen in their life as well. So how does health really lay that foundation in an individual's lifestyle? Wow. Well, it's, you know, it's a great question, Lee. And I I think, you know, when you have health, it's easy to take it for granted. Mm Mm-hmm. And when you don't have health, you realize how darn important it is to everything, right? right. And and I think that's the, the the finite sort of gray area that, that we find a lot of us living. You know, like we we go, 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 especially as entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. as leaders in our industries. And, and, you know, when you're purpose-driven, I mean, yeah, you'll forego sleep. You'll forego a lot of other things, especially self-care, right? Because right. we prioritize this impact that we want to make on the world. And and I, I I admire it. Listen, I've been down that path, but there often comes a point where we can't sustain the output if we're not monitoring what the inputs are, and and those inputs are really what we do for our own health and well being. And I'm talking mental health, physical health, emotional health, spiritual health, also our financial health. Right? Of like health comes in so many different shapes and colors, but the one common bond here, it, it, like any wheel, there's a hub. We are the hub of our own lives and, and we are where we either make it or we break it, you know? Right. And, uh, and I find that the foundation upon which we architect the lives that we want to live and the people that we want to eventually evolve into that we're always working towards without that solid foundation of health, you know, we're on rocky ground and, and all you need is one life changing catastrophe to come along. And if you don't have a solid foundation, you, you can find very quickly that that life that you've built, well, all of a sudden you know, it, it comes crumbling down or 
uh, it needs a renovation. Right. <laughs> you know? so, <laughs> that's true. Um, that's probably the easiest way to sort of put it into a metaphor that I think a lot of people can can definitely relate to. Yeah, uh, I like that you mentioned the, like it is that hub, and I like how the, the analogy you just used. I, I've been using that for a while, and I was like saying how you know it's the foundation. I, I refer to it as a house because most people can understand that, of mm-hmm. course, as you mentioned it. Like mm-hmm. you know, if you don't have the foundation, it's going to crumble down, and that's how I really like to think about is you're building that foundation. If you don't build that foundation, it's just like in a house. If you don't have that foundation, right? They're going to have to build a new house. So it's like you're starting all over and can really change and we know how important that this has to happen for individuals to really impact their lifestyle so i know for many that are listening you know they want to make a change in their lifestyle so what habits really level up someone's mindset okay so there's a couple different strategies and you know i i want to hone in on and really invite people and, and really hopefully empower some people that are listening to this that don't worry about everything mm-hmm. <laughs> that you could be doing, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like, cause I think, I think we get into these very prescriptive mind states where we're looking for an answer to a problem that we've identified and we'll take the very first prescription that we come to. And it can be a prescription of 10 mm-hmm. steps, you know, and I'm talking about the morning rituals that we see a lot of people speaking to. Now there's nothing wrong with those frameworks. Okay. I'm not here to criticize mm-hmm. them. I have my own framework that works really well for right. me, but we're all individuals. And what might be one person's solution may not be the best solution for us, but we have to be willing to submit ourselves to a period of experimentation to try different things and really practice a scientific method. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like literally test, retest. What, how did this impact me? Did it make a difference? Do I feel better? Is it also sustainable? You know, and, and so the simplest thing, and when I invite everybody as a good place to begin, Because if I'm thinking of what's one activity I can do by doing the one activity, it either makes other activities, you know, obsolete or not required, or it allows me to actually complete other secondary tertiary things by doing that one thing. Now, case in point, physical fitness. All right. I know, I know when I go and I have a workout, it's I never at the end of that workout thinking, geez, I really wish I didn't do that. Okay. Right. Like it's it's never something that I regret doing. I actually you get these happy endorphins cycling through your body. You know, you feel better. Your mood is instantly enhanced when you elevate your heart rate for a staying period of time. So you go for a say a 30-minute power walk. Okay. I'm not saying you go to the gym, you throw a bunch of weights around. I mean, that's fun too. Don't get me wrong. But but you know, you go to the gym and and you get a 30 minute walk on the treadmill on an incline, you know, you get the heart rate up. Well, instantly you've infused your body with extra oxygen. You start to think a little bit more clearly. Your energy increases. You find that that stress and anxiousness, that monkey mind that you were dealing with pre-workout, all of a sudden feels a little bit more tame. You have that ability to now channel maybe some energy towards finding a creative solution to that problem that you had identified before you went into the workout. Also, all of a sudden, you recognize that you might be a bit more outgoing. You're, you're more connected to the people around you because you have this more positive outgoing outlook. You know, you feel better about yourself. And when you feel better about yourself, that, that confidence that you exude attracts others to you. Exactly. So by doing this one little thing, by going to the workout for minimum, like say 15 to 30 minutes, getting the heart rate elevated, you're checking all these great boxes, like your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health. 
you know? And, and so that is the one activity. If I say to anybody, if there's one thing that you can start doing and doing consistently, regularly, and frequently working out, you know, and, and that's it. Like, and now there's lots of other things that you can be doing lots of other habits. Sure. But I'm always like, what is the one that I often know by my 28 years of working in the health and wellness industries that I know to be most impactful on people. That's the one, you know, that's the one. You're right. There's so many things that people will say to do and do this. And I like how you just mentioned you have to experiment, right? You have to find what yep. works for you. And I think often we just think like there's one, you know, size fits all prescription that we can give each and everybody. Yep. And it's going to be the magic that leads to what you want. <laughs> but we know you really have to do that because you're right. You know, we're all we all have our own different routine that we know that works for us because we've done it for years and we have established that. And now we have those habits that work, but as simple as that, like that's going to help you and start. And of course you can always build upon that to really develop the other parts of the routine that you want. So as you just mentioned, I know you've been doing this a while and helped uh, so many people. So why do you believe so many people give up when faced with adversity? let's just start with (laughs) (laughs) well you know perspective is everything right and i know it's Mm -hmm. it's a cliche right like we hear that all the time it's like you know the the way we do anything is the way we do everything or we we hear these little uh these little phrases right and and they become catchphrases they become clever slogans right uh, (laughs) just do it right like it it, (laughs) and and it's great but i think what we have to really think about is what is the feeling that we get when we accomplish something that we set out to accomplish. Now, now there's a few things that happen, but one is we feel Mm. accountable to ourselves. Two, we get a nice little dopamine hit when we've actually checked things off the list that we intended to get done. But also thirdly, we feel an alignment and integral with ourselves. And that feeling you get from doing things out of integrity is an amazing feeling. It provides extra clarity, provides extra confidence, which allows us to take more decisive action. And here's the cool part. It also means we procrastinate less, you know, because when we're not clear and we're not feeling confident about what we're doing, or more mm-hmm. importantly, why we're doing it, we figure out how to do anything but exactly. the thing, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> we're really, yeah, we're really good at that. And, but also when we say we're going to do something and then we don't do that, it makes us feel really bad about ourselves. And it's hard to show up, you know, it's hard to keep pressing forward when we don't feel in alignment with some, maybe our values, maybe uh, that, that commitment or how we're going to be perceived as someone that says they're going to do something, then they don't do something. So, you know, there's these factors that play into the mentality side and we have to understand it's all Mm -hmm. perspective and action is a really easy fix to start moving things in the right direction. Now, here's the thing though. Don't think about trying to set a massive lofty goal and just shooting for that. Now, it's it, we hear people talk about smart goals right. and I think that's great. You know, you want to get specific. You want to make sure it's measurable. Is it attainable? Is it a realistic and time-based goal? But can we also chop it down into smaller goals, smaller stepping stones, if you will? Because if we're trying to, uh, as the adage goes, you know, if you if you had to eat an elephant, what's the most effective way to eat it? Right. Well, one yeah, bite at a time. Great analogy. You know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, and and so the same goes with our goals and and our aspirations to achieve certain things in our lives. Because if all of a sudden we stop 
seeing forward momentum or progress. We don't see that needle going in the right direction. It's really easy to get discouraged and start beating ourselves up. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to show up. It's hard to show up for ourselves, show up for others when we don't feel like we're progressing, like we're winning, you know? And and I think that's where a lot of the times people fall astray. You know, like I I, I, I use this story, but it, it's just true. I remember I had a client and they had the best of intentions. This guy's sort of a, a very mm-hmm. typical type A, okay? Like he's, you know, in every area of his life, he's extremely successful, except when it came down to his right. his physical health. All right. Like every area is successful. Great family guy, you know, always put his family's needs before his own, put his business needs before his own. But his needs were always met last, especially when it came to his health. You know, and, you know, fast forward 20 years of doing that from his mid 20s to his mid 40s, he put on a lot of weight, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it was now affecting all those other areas that he prided himself on. You know, He, he wasn't able to show up for his family the way he wants to. He was always tired. You know, when he showed up in his business, he started mismanaging people, not showing up as a great leader because he didn't have the energy. And he also had a bit of a Mm -hmm. temper shift, you know, because he was feeling so bad about himself. And I, you know, he didn't come to me until after this, but I know he had this resolution that he was going to start running and best of intentions. But he remembered back in his 20s, he used to love to run. So it's like, it makes sense. Do an Mm -hmm. activity that you already like doing, you know, because it's it's easier for you to keep doing it usually because you already enjoy it. And so he he remembered back in like his early 20s at university, like the guy was at track and he used to love to run. So he's like, oh, yeah, I can just start running again. Meanwhile, it's been like a 20 year <laughs> hiatus. Right. <laughs> and, and best of intentions. So he decides to go out. And he just runs a 10K for the first time in like 20 years. Yeah. January 1st. I'm going to start running 10K right out of the gate, you know, trying to just like run the way he did. 20 years before. And he didn't take into account that one, his body was extremely deconditioned. You know, the bones, the joints, they couldn't handle it because also he's carrying Mm -hmm. an extra 60 pounds than when he was in his 20s. So all of a sudden, shin splints, sore knee, sore back, (laughs) his hip felt out of whack, you know, like instantly feeling the age, but also the 20 years of that compounding negative health effect. And it was a very lofty and an ambitious goal. Did it make sense? Is it a Mm -hmm. realistic goal? For sure it is. But it's more than what one can start with if you're starting from zero. You know, if you're starting from not running for 20 years and you decide to run a 10K the next day, believe me, something's going to go wrong. And I see this happen a lot with a lot of people when it comes to setting goals. We we like to go shoot for the moon, right? So if we miss, <laughs> we can hit the stars. I mean, what's, I forget who said yeah, the quote, but you know that quote. And I'm like, it's great. It's very motivating. But let's be real. That's still a pretty high goal. Um why don't we figure out how to break that down into smaller bites so we can digest it like eating an elephant, you know? And and then that way we can celebrate all these little wins along the way, which again, makes us feel good about our choices, our actions, lets us feel confident. So we procrastinate less and we continue with the consistency and the frequency that's needed to, to actually achieve what we want right. to achieve, you know? Yeah, that is a really spot on there of your perspective and being aligned because it's so easy mm-hmm. and we've, like you said, a story you've just told, I'm sure we've all seen it. And many of people that are listening <laughs> have gone it. through it themselves. <laughs> it's where, great, like you said, we want to have big goals. You want to be able to accomplish it. And everyone has that ability to make it happen. But like you said, when you try to go from zero to 100 like that, it just can crash so yeah. fast. And I talk about that a lot about, you know, not making sure that you're putting yourself on overdrive. And, you know, allow yourself to build up to it. 
And I think that's a big thing because easy to get discouraged where you're like, well, I should already be, you know, running this 10K. Let's just use that example, like right now. Especially for many people, they can say, oh, you know, I was a great athlete back in the day or had the six pack abs, you know, when I was in my younger (laughs) days. And so they think like, okay, I should just be able to have it. And so when it doesn't, they get so discouraged so easily. And it's like, no, you're fine. Like, you know, build your way up to that. Think about, hey, like you weren't just doing that yesterday. Now you're just doing something that's going to help you. But it's so easy when we don't have those milestones or you can hit those wins on the way. So we, we know how important that is. So I know we all go through struggles and things and it really shapes us here in life. You know, we go through our different trials and tribulations. So how has the struggles you face help you be a better coach when you're coaching others? I guess, you know, that's a really good question, Lee, because, you know, I think sometimes we forget to reflect on the struggles that we've experienced. You know, the, the, the Buddha maintained that life is basically just an accumulation <laughs> right. of, of suffering and pain. <laughs> and, and that's just life. You know, a life well lived is not a life free of that stuff. You know, like it, it's often contains that. And, and yet I think we forget that the struggle is often what allows us to appreciate where we get to, where we arrive to, where, where we are right now. Is because we have are resilient, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I, I look at human human species, right? Like us as a species on this planet. I mean, like eight billion of us. We're, we're, that, that would tell me we're pretty darn resilient. You know? <laughs> Not as much as cockroaches, but darn near second. You know, like we've proliferated this planet, and we have populations of people that live in pretty weird climates, like climates that you wouldn't think could sustain life. Yet here we are thriving, and and so we're we're really good at surviving. And, and adapting and evolving as a species. And, and I think sometimes we forget to give ourselves credit for that. You know, it's in our DNA. And all of us, you know, this perspective we talked about a, a little earlier is always shaped based on our, our experiences. You know, we could talk about nature versus nurture and that whole debate, but right. we're ultimately a combination of both. And, um, you know, I think back to some of my earliest struggles, you know, the biggest one was when I was a teen. I was morbidly obese. You know, like at 15 years old, going to the doctor's office and doctor like <laughs> pulling my mom aside, Betty in die is morbidly obese. And I, you know, <laughs> at 15, I'm right. like, I don't know what the, either of those words mean, but doesn't, doesn't sound good, you know, like, but I didn't need them to tell me that it wasn't healthy because I already knew it wasn't. I didn't feel healthy. I felt really bad, you know, like body ached, a lot of pain, but also the mental health challenges that I faced as a result of being so withdrawn and dealing with social anxiety and uh, my low self-esteem, like it was just, it was really hard, you know? And again, I dated myself. I'm 46, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a pre-Google baby, you know? So uh, no, no internet around when I was born. And, and in the mid eighties, late eighties, when I was in my teen years, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't have a lot of resources handy and I couldn't just search for an online community to plug into for help. And even back then, obesity right. rates weren't what they are today. I mean, we look at North America, it's nearing 50% of the population's overweight or on the verge of being obese, right. upwards around 35%, right? So there's a lot more materials, a lot more conversations around this. And uh, so I was living a stigma, you know, back then. And and really, it felt like my life was a bit of a cliche when I reflect on it, but it was hard. Everything was hard. And uh, and then I made a change, you know, and and it wasn't easy. It didn't really come to me naturally. It took me a while to get there, about five years, you know, of me living in this sort of place of, of avoiding, avoiding life, avoiding acknowledging that I I was in control of a problem. And, and, and notice I said I was in control of a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until I accepted that, 
like accepted that I, I got to where I was in that state of unhealth all because I chose to play video games. I chose to watch a lot of movies. I chose to eat a lot of calories that weren't nutrition rich. You know, they mm-hmm. were nutrition poor yet calorie rich. And uh, it wasn't like I was reaching <laughs> yeah. for extra bowls of salad. Okay. <laughs> like, that didn't get me to that state of unhealth. And, you know, when I owned the fact that I got myself there, I also owned that if I wanted to change, that had to be on me too. And uh, I'm just going to be very honest and blunt on this. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people relate to what I'm about to say, but it, it was actually a fear-based decision to make a change. And and so it wasn't from a place of feeling extremely motivated and excited and positive. It was actually me being more afraid that by 20 years old, I was not going to be as healthy as I was feeling there as that morbid obese 15 years right. if I didn't make a change. So just to sort of sum that up, you know, I was more afraid of not changing than I was of the idea of changing. And that's when I knew I was ready to make a change. And I know that that may sound somewhat counterintuitive, um, but I think when we often think about some of the biggest struggles that we face, when we feel like we're rock bottom and then all of a sudden we realize, oh, actually, there's a rock here I can crawl under. (laughs) You know, it's like we feel like we got nowhere else to go but up. And at that moment, sometimes fear plays in and, and it can be a very motivating thing, you know, for us to actually say, you know, enough's enough, draw that line and step over and start doing things differently than we did before. And that was a lesson I learned at 15. Now it took me, you know, five years to put the weight on, mm-hmm. it took me just over two years to take it off. So, so when I made the decision to make a change, change happened relatively quickly comparatively to how long it took me right. to get off track, if you know what I mean. And, uh, and that was a valuable lesson. And, you know, so how's this helped me as a coach? Well, it's more of a mentor, I think, now than anything. You know, often the p- things that I help people with, you know, whether I, I had abusive relationship with alcohol and narcotics uh, for over a decade in my 20s and my early 30s. And my TEDx talk last year talks about the change I did with that. And, you know, that lesson, the ability to overcome that was because I tapped into what I went through as a 15-year-old when I overcame that big health change, you know, because change is repeatable. That's the cool part. You know, Lee, like, Think about your biggest struggles that you've been through. Think about the first one that really comes to mind and then think about the future challenges that came. Did you tap into some of the things that you learned in the first challenge that allowed you to be resilient to get through the future ones? And I'm just curious, do you you have that perspective on your own? Yeah, I think that's something that we kind of learn from our struggles is we all feel like, all right, we're we're hopeless. And I think the big thing of what you really stated is that accountability, right? When you start to realize the reason you're in that situation is because of you, that's when everything can start to change. Because then now you can look for really the solution to get out of there. Like as you, hey, you know, it took that amount of time to get there and you start doing the right things to change from where you're at and to do that. So I really feel like that first time you go through it, then you kind of learn like, okay, if I'm Mm -hmm. going through a struggle I know it's something I can get myself out of because I learned from there. And then I just have to look at into myself and realize why I'm in that position. True. And it's, it's wild, right? When we really start to shine that light in some of those dirt, dark recesses in our lives, you know, because we all got those little dark corners in our homes, right? Where, you know, it's pretty dark over there. It's kind of messy. You know what would look great there? A plant. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put a plant in that corner. So we don't have to look at it. Don't have to vacuum it. I can kind of ignore it, you know? And, and I, and I think there's that avoidance that we have when it comes to certain changes that we know deep down, if we make them, we're probably going to feel better. But 
it's intimidating sometimes to endure the change because we know it's going to take work. It's not going to feel natural. It's going to feel uncomfortable. In fact, it might be really hard. But here's the cool part. If you think about every massive change that anyone's ever been through, and you know anyone that's listening to this right now, I just want you thinking about the biggest change that you had to endure in your life. Whether you invited it in or you didn't. I mean, it, it, most of the time, it's kind of like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't know if people are familiar with that movie, but old Harrison Ford movie back from the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. In the first few minutes of it, you know, he's running out of this like Aztec cave and there's this massive boulder chasing him, right? Well, that boulder represents change for most of us, okay? <laughs> most of us are Harrison Ford running away from that big boulder and we feel like change sometimes is coming at us and, and, and it's going to barrel us over whether we like it or not. Well, you know, recognizing that, hey, that boulder might roll on us over, but we can be okay. We can still be resilient. We can still bounce back. And sometimes we can just move out of the way and navigate change in a way that we feel like we're more present for it. Or or my perspective, I invite people to adopt is be a champion of change for yourself rather than feeling like a victim of change. So the accountability piece that you mentioned earlier, Lee, spot on. But it's also this ability to recognize I can do this. And more importantly, I know once I get through it on the other side, as hard as it was to get there, when you reflect back, you'll probably also almost always believe that it was worth it. And I think that's the part that we have to tap into, you know, is that part that I can do this. I did do this <laughs> and I'm better for it as challenging as it is, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I mean, I know it's it sounds overly optimistic, maybe a bit naive, but I mean, what other perspective would you like to attach to it, you know? Because if it's going to happen, I'm all about, well, embrace the suck, get through it, learn from it, adapt. So when it happens again, because it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when exactly. you will encounter another challenge, you, you can tap into that skill that you've now developed and constantly harnessed, you know? So, and also don't be afraid to ask for help, man. I, I will be the first to ask for help, especially when I'm dealing with something hard, because, you know, there's people around me that I help. And I know they want to help back when given the opportunity. So, so tapping into a community. And uh, that's where I, I think a lot of us can really leverage other individuals in our lives much more effectively. I agree. I think that's a big part of it is, I know we've touched on some of the mindset pieces in this uh, conversation, but I think that's a big part of really to help yourself is really reframing uh, how you look at the your challenges. You know, sometimes... Mm-hmm. I like to think if you're having a challenge right now, that's a good thing because if you weren't being challenged, then you're probably not doing anything, right? So like you yeah, kind of stated, yeah. it's not when it's, you know, it's going to happen. <laughs> so right. totally, uh, I think that just makes a big part of it of really helping yourself get through the struggles. I know like we all go through it. So we could kind of, you know, put, be in that vulnerable state of mind uh, when we're helping our clients sometimes too. Because I think sometimes I think we're like, some superheroes that never, you know, face anything like, uh, but we all have different struggles and different things we've had to go through. And it really helps us and really put perspective on there. So I know that just like you are, you're an entrepreneur and many of the people here are listening are entrepreneurs and myself included feel drowned at some time of the different things we may be in, right? We have a, a lot to deal with and it can be very hard. So that's usually why, to fitness, the health, you know, kind of similar to your client and like many of the clients I help out really don't think about that with their health because they're so focused on mm-hmm. other things. So how can entrepreneurs better manage their workload to prioritize their fitness? Well, 
I'm a big fan of time blocking or, uh, you know, probably the easiest way to put this is we talk about time management often, you know, we hear about this idea of time management and and I don't know if you've ever tried this, but I've never been able to manage time because I can't grab hold of it. (laughs) It's very elusive. You know, as they they talk about, it's like sand sifting through your fingers, right? Right. It it just, we, we can't handle time. Because it's not a physical thing. So how, how do we turn it into something that can be physical, can be seen, can be manipulated? And and so I invite people to sort of reframe their relationship with time management to time commitments. You know, because if you can learn to manage your commitments of how you plan to use your time, this will sort of be the next step into blocking time on your calendar or blocking in the commitments. And I'm a very colorful person when it comes to planning my calendar. So just I'm inviting people to sort of have a, a, you know, imagine this right now. So you're in your Google or your Outlook calendar, you know, or your, your iCal and you're looking at your week ahead, the seven days. Well, I invite you to identify the most important pillars of your life. And, and so as an example, mine are fitness, faith, family, finances, as well as fun. So I like to use alliteration. They're all F's. All right. Mm. <laughs> and Each of those Fs are represented by a different color. So as an example, family, I use pink, okay, for my family. I I have two daughters and my wife. So, you know, pink is very appropriate. Right. My my life like pink. So for me, I think family when I think pink. So um, I make sure that every day I've got a block of pink on my calendar, you know, and it doesn't have to be huge. It could be 30 minutes. It could be an hour. It could be two hours. I mean, it could be just our dinner and conversation at the end of the day. But I block that in because mm-hmm. that's a non-negotiable. Right. That is something I'm not willing to to forego. That is important to me. So I block that in. I also want to block in my fitness. I use red for fitness. I make sure every day I've got a minimum of a 30-minute block of time committed to me focusing on my health. And I block that in. I've got client commitments, right? And that's what I include under finances, you know, is the work that I do to produce to support my family. And so I make sure those are green blocks. I block in all my client conversations. Maybe there's some discovery calls, you know, maybe I've got a couple of podcast interviews. Those are all things that tie into that finance piece. And so you can start to see as I start to put these blocks in, these commitments of time, I can now visually as well as all physically if I want to move blocks. But this is the thing. If all of a sudden I look at my calendar, I'm like, oh my goodness, next week I don't have very much yellow and I don't have very much red. I'm overstocked here on the green commitments, which is all my work. I know that I'm not going to be feeling very good at the end of next week if most of my time and energy just went to work. Right. You can start to visually see how your days are shaped. And, and so this is the idea of taking control of your commitments, taking control of your calendar is crucial, especially as an entrepreneur, especially as someone that's not only got a, and say a nine to five, but also that side hustle. Well, you've got a lot of different energies pulling you in different directions. You got to prioritize also the other things that are non-negotiable, like family, like your health, because those pieces, if they're not looked after, trust me, eventually you'll start to resent the business. You'll start to perform not as well in the business. Uh, and, and you will start to see the kinks in the armor, as they say. And, and that's where we the sustainability piece starts to come down. Or we also hear this elusive word called burnout. And mm-hmm. I've been there twice and been hospitalized once for it. So I do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that's a big thing to really understand. Like you, you mentioned, I mean, 
we would all love to have more time, right? It's the thing that we, mm-hmm. we only have, which is limited. But the thing is what you mentioned is so important is to understand those time commitments, understanding those non-negotiables. Because through my experience of working with clients and speaking to a lot of people, they have some non-negotiables when they think about kind of like you mentioned, that finance part, right? That green that's coming in. Oh, I got my meeting yeah. at this time. Or I have, you know, this networking event at this time, but there's none of that for, like you mentioned, for your health, your fitness, or even for some people, family, right? So it's really making sure you understand, like, no, this is not negotiable. I'm not sacrificing that just for something else. It's so key to really making this happen. Um, And I know that's a big part that people have to start doing in their schedule to see the difference. So Man, this has been an amazing conversation, Guy. And I know for many people out there, they like hearing the information. It sounds good, but they're still in that spot where they can't feel like they can move. So Hmm. what's the thing you would tell someone struggling with taking action on their journey? Well, here's the thing. As I mentioned earlier, there's lots of great slogans out there. I could be someone that's trying to motivate somebody and say, just do it. Right. <laughs> and I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar slogan and right. for good, right. For good reason. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's very empowering. It is motivating. Plus their branding's on point. Right. And, but here's the thing. What if, what if rather than just trying to always tell ourselves, just do it, just do it, just do it. We started to celebrate that. We just did it. Like really start to celebrate and acknowledge the completing of the things that we chose to prioritize and do. And then we do them because that feeling that we get from being able to say, Hey man, I just did it. Like you got a morning commitment to do a walk in the morning. You come back from that walk, you check it off the list, man. I just did it. I prioritized my health. I followed through on my commitment and man, I feel good for it. Cause I valued me. I prioritized me, you know, because no one else can prioritize your health for you. Mm. Now, mind you, if there's anybody out there that's looking to pay somebody to look after himself, I'm for hire. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't found one of those yet. Um, but, you know, and I say that in jest, but seriously, that that self-accountability is so critical. And you already alluded to that, Lee, earlier in our conversation, and it is on point because we do have to acknowledge that for most of the changes that we want to see in our lives, we have to be the owners of the change. You know, mm-hmm. we, we have to take account that if that change is going to happen, we have to be the ones pushing it forward. Now, we don't have to do it alone. You know, being alone or feeling lonely is only one choice difference, right? Right. <laughs> and, and so finding the right people to align with, communities to get around, finding the right coach or mentor to support us through the change can often help us expedite how quickly change occurs. And when we're feeling like we're not seeing forward momentum or progress, we see things slowing down. That's especially when you want to tap into a community, tap into a coach, a mentor, a teacher, you know, a parent, a brother, like somebody else besides ourselves, because we only have so much energy. And sometimes it's nice for someone else to give us that little bit of boost or a jump start when we start to feel like our battery is is dwindling. And uh, those little aspects can really go a long way in helping us see the change through, see our commitments through, because that's where everything happens, you know, is the actual doing. But celebrate when you've done it, you know, really do acknowledge yourself. Take the time to acknowledge that you've done something, you followed through on it. Because you notice how it's making the changes happen. And and that's the biggest thing, right? It's because change sometimes feels like it takes so darn long. 
if you break it down and you start to see the little steps and you celebrate the completion of the steps, believe me, you, you actually see yourself moving along a map to reaching the goal, reaching whatever that outcome. And that's where it becomes much more manageable, but also our belief in ourselves goes through the roof. And uh, it's really hard to slow someone down when they have that belief in themselves. Yeah, that is so true. And I like really talking about that with that momentum, right? When you get on that and you have that, and that makes such a difference. And like you said, there's so many different things that, uh, you know, you may say that can resonate with someone, but like you said, you will never feel better until after you get that done and you know what you're working on is going to be something special. So, Di, once again, thank you for joining us. Where can our audience get connected with you at? Oh, well, thanks. Uh, you know, uh, so one thing about having a unique name, Dai is D-A-I, Welsh name for David. Manuel is a Portuguese last name, M-A-N-U-E-L. And I know people are like, Welsh and Portuguese. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry about it. I'm Canadian, all right? So uh, <laughs> it's all good. But I'm uh, most active on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And it's just my name, Diamond Well. And uh, I also have a website, diamondwell.com. Got about 1,800 articles I've published since, uh, gosh, like 2007. I've been blogging. Uh, but it's all just content to help people with change, you know, whether it be fitness, nutrition, mindset. Just, just it's all free content. And I always just invite people. That's a great place to start if you're looking to, to for some inspiration, some motivation, or some education. And, uh, you know, we'll sort of go from there. Awesome. Once again, Di, thank you for joining us. Make sure you get connected with Di. Thank you for joining us this week. To view the complete show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode, head over to ltaperformance365.com slash high performer. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you love this podcast, feel free to leave a review. And if you're ready to create your own high performer blueprint, Be sure to head over to LTAPerformance365.com and we'll talk soon.